You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Does this go on your podcast? Podcast? That's it. We're speaking with John Shirley here at SFNSF. Thank you for joining me. John, uh, your story for the punk vault of horror was one of the funniest things I've heard in a long time. And it, it brings up one aspect of your writing that I really like. You have a real feel for the low-life suburbs, I think, like few other authors who are working in, in any form of American literature today. Where do you get that interest? Because it's, it's the median point or it's the settling point for America. It's where people settle down to where they, they find a sort of equilibrium and they stay there. And there's a great deal of it. It's, it's one of the most defining parts of America. So uh, I take an interest. Uh, you know, I think it's probably there's more of America that's that way than anything else. So, you know, it's, it's characteristic of the country to such an extent. You've got to look at it and say, this is us. Uh, as a guy who's looking at, you know, a middle America, and I think in an incredibly realistic way, I mean, the descriptions in that story were so spot on. Um, the, 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 you know, the rotting lifestyle of the lower middle class that's being pushed out of existence by uh, the current tax policies and the corporate uh, takeover of America, um, you still uh, bring in these elements of uh, the fantastic. Why? For metaphorical purposes, um, it just they're, they're very handy uh, in order to get across a, a big idea um, and to... Uh, also, it lends itself to satire sometimes. I get to make fun of things through um, uh, fantastic ideas. Um, they, you know, uh, it's, so it's just it's a tool to, to, to get these things across and more than anything else. And I suppose I grew up with a lot of it, so I've got a lot of fantasy damage. Tell me, uh, uh, you also have... A, a vicious and killing sense of humor. You, you take no prisoners, and one might say, to a sense, in a certain sense, you're not a very nice man to you, those characters. To to my characters, well, I, I uh, you know, I'm actually very sympathetic to uh, people's dilemmas. You know, the existential dilemma. Everybody, in a way, although we all have to take responsibility, we're also all victims. We have all these paradoxes in our life, and those. That is one of the fundamental paradoxes of human nature. We're, we're, we're victims of our lives, and we still have to take responsibility. It's totally unfair, and uh, I, I respect that. Um, but at the same time, I, I have to um, make fun of people. Uh, and, I, and also, I feel like um, right now I'm just really kind of upset and angry about the world. I just, I'm pretty disgusted with humanity. Um, there was just an article about uh, the, the, the incredible number of species we're killing off. Um, it's it, that never before has there been a die-off of species, a wildlife species, so rapid, so uh, 
thoroughgoing and entirely from, you know, humanity's indifference to uh, the long-term effects of what they do. And it makes me angry and it just makes me want to, you know, I don't know, I get, I get, you know, it's my way of getting that anger out against the, you know, the, the human race. I, I uh, posted a, a John Shirley message board the other day uh, when I read that there was like this nine-year-old kid that was going to college and blithely talking about the uh, quantum mechanics of wormholes. And I was saying, thank God, Homo Superior is here to replace the vile Homo sapiens. <laughs> um you also have an engaging sense of humor. It's hard to be funny. It's probably harder to, to describe how to be funny, but I'm going to challenge you to try. Well, famously, it's incongruity that makes things funny. Um, and, that, and then incongruity sparks a response, and you just get an eye for, for the incongruous. And also... Um, you look around and just see what you know makes you laugh, and what and I and the closest I can get, the closer I can get to drawing something from real, you know, human beings. I mean, I, I exaggerate and I I do hyperbolic things, but ultimately I'm inspired by people I see. So it, that includes the uh, humorous observations, of human beings. To just look around and watch, and and you have to laugh, otherwise you will weep. Or, or hire somebody to attempt to kill you. <laughs> or hire, yeah, that was the, the story was about a guy, that you just heard was about a guy who was hiring somebody to, to kill him. Uh, he was a pretty execrable character himself, so he didn't really feel bad about that, you know. That's um, and then you know the use of whether or not you feel sympathy with the character is important, um, and uh, when when you don't feel sympathy, how is that funny, you know? Um, that you can really take your disgust with a character and, and make it a great joke. Uh, and that's kind of what I did. Uh, tell us uh, what you're working on now. Uh, a lot of the big money in writing these days is in uh, video games. Have you been approached or are you seeking to do video games? I would love to write video games because a lot of the big money in writing these days is in video games. <laughs> <laughs> but and I, I, um, I have done some. I did. I worked for Majesco uh, on one project. It was paid pretty well, and and I don't know how much they used of it. One of the versions of Blood Rain. Uh, I worked for Sega briefly, just as a you know a freelancer. I've done it, and I would love to do some more. And I have a I have a, a unusual uh, poker game. Um, uh, about a, a kind of hell of casino uh, that I want to try and sell somewhere. I haven't done it yet because I'm kind of I'm a poker player. So it's about you know it's about a casino run by the devil and and in Las Vegas. Um, so I you know I, I think about it all the time. I'd love to do that. I'm you know and I work in in movies and I've got my a lot of my stuff has been optioned for movies. Uh, so you know I'm I'm kind of like always reaching into all these other media because that's how you survive. Uh, tell me, what are, what are you working on any uh, new novels now? That's where are uh, collections of short stories. Well, my most recent story collection uh, was Living Shadows, and um, it got a really great review in the New York Times, which I mention uh, because I was waiting 25 years for that review in a way. Um, and... Um, it made me feel great. Um, 
and uh, I am planning a short story collection called In Extremis, the most extreme short stories of John Shirley, but I haven't, I haven't really started looking for a publisher yet. I have a book called Bleak History, uh, which is a urban fantasy novel coming out from Simon and & Schuster, and that's the coming thing, you know, urban fantasy. Um, it's, uh, it is it, kind of my own um, metaphysical, um, ontological vision uh, in uh, the form of an adventure novel set in a just very near future uh, New York involving uh, magic and, and the secrets of Isaac Newton. Uh, and uh, that's been optioned by New Regency uh, Productions. They did that movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith and a bunch of other things. They've optioned it before it was even um, finished. Uh, they just read a few chapters of it they'd heard about, and, and they optioned that, and they've got, they're developing it. Uh, and my book, Demons, has been optioned by the Weinsteins, and that's still in print. So, you know, I'm hoping something will happen with that. I'm, and I'll, Oh, and I have a, the new, um, my new cyberpunk novel, which I never thought I'd write another cyberpunk novel, but I had this uncompleted one that had sort of gestated with William Gibson, and um, Gibson let it go, and I took it over, and it's called Black Glass, and it coming out from ESP books um, in August. Uh, it's, you know, they're promoting it as the lost cyberpunk novel because <laughs> it was originally conceived in, in uh, like the mid-late 80s. Um, uh, but, I, you know, I tried to make it as updated as possible. But it's, it's kind of almost a, a retro, <laughs> if you could be retro as a science fiction writer. Uh, you commented... Um, on the panel recently that right we just heard a few minutes ago uh, that you read uh, historical fiction who do you read uh, what do you recommend Patrick O'Brien I'm one of those guys there are all these Patrick O'Brien people around and they have conventions and there's this kind of Patrick O'Brien nerddom you know and I'm I'm afraid I'm right I got one foot in that um, and I've read all of his books like four times um, Kim Stanley Robinson is also a big fan of Patrick O'Brien and reads all of his books to his son, uh, chapter at a time. And uh, I, uh, I, I love that guy. I've always read um, C.S. Forrester, and then I read E.M. Forrester, <laughs> the other Forrester. Um, I, uh, I read uh, uh, Cornwell also, uh, Bernard Cornwell, and um, uh, I love the Richard Sharp novels and. I just uh, and I would love and I, I have plans to write a historical fiction novel uh, about uh, the first use of balloons in um, Napoleon's time. Uh, you know, hot air balloons um, and uh, spies and intrigue in, in in Napoleon's time, but all around this ballooning business, which nobody's done this yet. Uh, and you know, so I, 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 I was speaking to Robert Silverberg not long ago, and he said, uh, you know, as you get older, you get more interested in the past than the future, even though we're science fiction writers. And, and I said, man, I'm already there. <laughs> I'm already there. I'm already, I'm, I'm, I'm really drawn to the big picture, and you find that in biography, and you find it in history. Uh, I've, I read more biographies than anything else. I'm reading a book now about the formation of the American Navy and um, uh, just prior to the War of 1812, John Adams and those people. I've read uh, biographies of, of Franklin and Edgar Allan Poe and um, 
and uh, Dickens, and those things draw me. I especially like biographies of writers because I love to read about um, how they, you know, something was awful in their lives and how they screwed up, and then I don't feel so bad. We've been speaking with John Shirley. Uh, John, what's your newest book? Bleak History, coming from Simon & Schuster. Thank you for speaking with me, John. Thank you, man. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Thank you.